And Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And so it happened. Short time after that, the Spirit poured out on His disciples. And they were witnesses, bold witnesses. And that same Spirit that spoke through them led others to know the same Lord who was broken for them, who died for them and rose again. And that day, 3,000 people were baptized in the name of Jesus. People of all ages, adults, older folks, all the way through little ones. As Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, who the Lord our God will call. And what a day that was. And it's been happening ever since. When God moves among his people as the word of God and the witness of victory in Christ that changes the world and changes lives for eternity continues to go out with boldness. We've been witnesses of these things. Now, just Friday night, last, this just a couple days ago, on Friday evening, uh, I mean, they, they say that... Uh, what is the biggest fear that most people have? Anybody know what it is? It's the fear of speaking publicly, right? In fact, I've heard it said that when people rank it, they would rather have a root canal than speak publicly. Uh, many surveys reveal that again and again. And imagine speaking publicly in front of a crowd and sharing your faith. And the story of what God is doing and has been doing in your life since you were called by name in your baptism. That's an incredible thing, but an overwhelming thing. It might even make your palms a little sweaty. Imagine then if you're an eighth grader and you stand in front of your peers and in front of your family and in front of extended family and friends in a crowd to share your faith testimony. That's an overwhelming thing for anybody. But we were so blessed just on Friday night, just a couple days ago, to hear the faith testimonies of 31 of our young people who are being confirmed today in our later service. And I want to show you just a, a video, a snippet of what we experienced together as God's people. We're going to watch that now. Mr. Froebel inspired me to want to learn more about God and his religion classes. He, he has helped give me a better idea of who God is and how important it is to have a relationship with him. Pastor Mark baptized my brothers and I on April 28, 2013. It was very special to all be baptized on the same day, and it is a moment that I will never forget.
About a year ago, one of my close friends asked me, how do you believe in something that you cannot see? For a moment, I had no response, and then I remembered one of the verses that we had learned in school, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, reading, now, that, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And about a month later, my answer to that question was tested. My grandfather became very sick and ended up passing away shortly after. In that moment, I was, it was probably one of the most torn up I had ever been. But I knew that I had to have faith and that being sad was not the way to get through it. And God touched my life and made me realize that he is not gone forever and that I have to have faith that I will see him again. And from that moment, I do believe that I became closer with God upon realizing that the people I lose here on earth will not be gone forever. Dollars dead, you can't accept the kind of light that might persuade a strict dictator to retire. File the army, teach the poor origami. The truth is in, the proof is when you hear your heart start asking what's my motivation. Why you made there isn't a way to explain the kind of change that a make an Eskimo rid of that a make a vegetarian barbecue hamster. Less you can trace this other face to a certain sign. Shine. Psalm 62, verse 8 states, Trust in him at all times, O people. And pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I chose this Bible verse because it reminds me. It reminds us how God wants us to live our everyday lives. He wants us to put all of our trust and faith in him. We can't do anything by ourselves. Without God, we can't even take our next breath. Trust in God to protect us, encourage us, and guide us in every situation we face. I picked 2 Samuel 22, verse 31 as my confirmation verse. It says, As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. I learned that just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen to me. Sin is a very big part of life, but we know that Jesus overcame all sin through his perfect life, death, and resurrection. We have a new hope of eternal life and forgiveness of sins. I know my grandpa is in heaven right now, and I hope to join him one day. But we can't just sit there on that promise and just wait for eternal life. There are people who have no clue and won't receive that promise. We need to be missionaries.
I realize that I'm still going to have obstacles and doubts in my path, but that's the whole reason I chose Romans 8, 38 to 39 as my Bible verse. It's so special to me because after looking back on my faith journey so far, I realized that no matter how many obstacles were in my way, and no matter how many times I have turned away from God, I will never truly lose him. No matter how much of a downward spiral I was in, I eventually found him again. I know that in the future, things will continue to get in the way and throw me off my path, but because of Romans 8, 38 to 39, I'm okay with that. I know that God will always be there waiting for me to find him again. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor present things nor future things, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. my witnesses, Jesus says. You know, they say that the hope of the church is the future and that our youth are the future of the church. And you know, I, I'm convinced of this more and more that the church really and the blessing of our youth, they are the church of the present, not just the future. And our present is very secure. As we hear that testimony again and again through our young people. Um, we started and you heard it from, um, from uh, Colin um, Mung and, and he shared that he was baptized. I wanna show you a picture um, his family, they had requested and asked, would it be okay for us to be baptized in a lake? And of course, it was January at the time, and I said, well, it'd be great if we waited for the ice to clear. Um, in our theology, we, we don't get caught up in how the water is applied. We know it's the Word of God. Um, and and said, so absolutely, if you want to be baptized as brothers in a lake, let's do it. And I think the ice had just about just cleared on April 28th, and we met out at Spencer Park for this. And uh, I was looking through some of these pictures, and if we look like we're in pain, it's because the water was really cold. It really was. Um, I love this. There's the next picture here is, there's, there's Colin's baptism. And oh, what a day uh, to celebrate with these three brothers, what God has been doing in their life, calling them by name as treasured children of God, and to continue to reaffirm that and confirm that in their walk with him. Uh, I want to show you another picture from from 2001 on May 20th. This one's pretty special to me. This is my daughter, Abby. And uh, as she celebrates her confirmation today and just thinking how life moves on and life changes, but that calling of God over his people and what an honor to, to be part of that in, in her early walk with Christ as God's word in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God marked her as a treasured child of God and as she's growing into a witness for him and his truth. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. We've been learning in these last few weeks that that's a pretty important word because it shows up again and again and again and again. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And it's tied in with the evangelion, the, the promise of God over his people. And you will be my witnesses. But what we've been learning is that word at its root and its core is also has kind of a double meaning. Um, the literal word in Greek, anybody know, is? Oh, I thought you'd shout it out by now. It's martyr, martyria. It, it, it literally means to be a martyr for the name of Christ. 
And, and I think about that today because when I, when I was confirmed way, way back, 19, okay? Um, and, and these words were asked of me on my confirmation day, and, and very little likely they were asked on yours as well. After you confessed your faith through Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the words of the Apostles' Creed, this question was very likely asked of you, and it's going to be asked of our confirmands today. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Now, I remember that question, and I remember like, what was the answer? I do so intend with the help of God. I, I, I read it or I spoke it, I, and everybody did. Yeah, I do so intend with the help of God because it never crossed my mind that that would ever be a possibility, quite frankly. That death or suffering at the name of Jesus, that just wasn't on the radar back in 1952. Wasn't. And it probably wasn't for you either. But what we're finding, I think, more and more, it's on our radar. As we're seeing it play out more and more, those who have been put to death publicly for their faith in Jesus Christ, brutally, and the massacre has continued again and again. We've seen it before our eyes. And you know what? This is a happy day. We're celebrating faith in Jesus. But the reality also is very much there. Are we willing to die for this faith we've been given and entrusted? As God works in and through us, His Holy Spirit, to lead us to that incredible joy of knowing Him as Lord and Savior. And, and proclaiming that truth, are we aware of how great that sacrifice can be? You know, it certainly was for the disciples. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses, my, my martyrs. And, you know, in those, those decades that would follow those early disciples... They would die. Whether it be Thomas going to India as a witness that goes beyond Judea, I'm sorry, and, and, and Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth as Thomas goes to, to India and is thrown off a cliff for proclaiming Jesus as Savior. Doesn't kill him, so they threw him off a cliff again. Still didn't kill him, so they ran him through with a spear. And with the joy set before him, he endured it. Because as a savior who had died for him, Thomas had been given a gift of life. There was no fear even in death. Whether it be for Peter who was led away to be crucified and in the mo moments just before as he was going to be crucified like a savior, he requested to be crucified upside down. How dare he step forward and be, die the same death his savior did and crucified him upside down, tradition says whether it be some of the other disciples that died in brutal ways, or whether it be the Apostle Paul, who as an apostle coming to faith in Christ later and being called by Jesus, was willing also to be executed in Rome. Are we willing to go that way? Jesus said, you will receive power from on high, and you will be my witnesses, witnesses of these things. And God calls us today to be witnesses. And it might sound somber, but there's actually an incredible joy in the midst of this. 
As our world changes around us, may we not be surprised. Jesus said, in this world you will, take, you will face trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The, the world may change around us. It may become increasingly difficult to bear the name of Christ, but it shouldn't surprise us. It's not our entitlement to be always going easy when it comes to the faith in Christ. Jesus never promised that. No matter what our political views, Jesus never promised life would be easy in this world. And to bear the name of Jesus may get increasingly difficult. I was thinking of the, uh, the story you've maybe heard of, of Jeremiah, he, a young man, um, I've shared it some time ago, a uh, young man living in, in, Mex or in Texas, actually, and this was back in 1999 already, and he uh, was really down and out. He had he'd broken away from his family at the age of 16. He was doing drugs. Um, had started selling drugs, but started doing the drugs and, and got into a lot of trouble, was kicked out of his family's house, living on the streets, just trying to get by, uh, trying to find a place to live, and life was broken. And one day he walks into a church in, in Wedgwood, Texas, walks into the front lobby, and somebody recognized him. So Jeremiah, is that you? And, and, and here was a youth worker a youth minister who recognized him, knew about his, knew a little bit about his story, and Jeremiah, said, Jeremiah, you look terrible. Why don't you come down and sit in my office? And they started chatting for a little bit. Jeremiah shared his story, his battle with addictions and struggles and, and trying to find his way in life. And, and uh, that youth director, that youth minister that day prayed with Jeremiah, um, helped him, got him assistance, got him uh, sober and clean, got him a place to live, and got him involved in, in actually in youth ministry. And it, so it happened some months later that uh, the, they were having a huge youth gathering kind of thing, a concert kind of thing, and, and hundreds of youth had gathered in the sanctuary that evening. And it was September 15th, 1999, and as the, the kids were singing with a a, a, a band that was leading music up front, it, it happened that, that the sound kind of muffled in the background of broken glass was heard and nobody thought much of it because the music was loud and, and soon a, a man entered into the room and, and kids didn't realize this but two people had been gunned down outside the building and as the gunman entered into the room he started opening fire on the kids and, and a lot of kids thought it was just a skit and, and it was pretend and so they're like hey shoot me, shoot me and and he did. And, and, and it was realized this was not a joke. And, and with that, a lot of kids, they, they were ducking for cover underneath the chairs and the pews. And, and, uh, and those that were there that night said that Jeremiah, when he realized it was real, rather than ducking for cover, Jeremiah actually just uh, sat down in, in one of the pews and he started to pray, he kind of knelt over, and, and he was seen praying. And, and what happened was the gunman saw him there. Everyone else was cowering underneath. And there's Jeremiah praying uh, boldly, it would seem. And, and the gunman walked right up to him and, and, and says, you're one of those Christians, huh? And, and with this, Jeremiah actually stopped praying. And he stood up right in front of the gunman. Put his hands up like this. And, and he's, he declared it boldly. He said, you can shoot me if you want. Because I know where I'm going. And I know that my Savior Jesus died for me and rose for me and he's forgiven me all of my sin. I am secure in a faith that teaches me I don't have to fear death today. You can shoot me if you want. 
With those statements, Jeremiah ended up saving countless lives. There were over nine rounds left in that gun that day. And by that testimony, Jeremiah stood strong. He lived to tell. And he was there to proclaim victory, that God is working among his people. In fact, people interviewed him and they said, well, what do you have to say about that? How could you be so bold in the face of something that horrendous? And, and he said, maybe God is teaching us that he can use anyone to declare the promises of the one who has died for us and lives for us. We know where we're going. That future is secure today because of the one who has loved us first and loved us best. And may God reaffirm and reconfirm that truth as we boldly stand as his people, as witnesses for him into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the sure and certain hope that is ours. And Lord, often we start to think in, that life is all about being comfortable. And yet you've given us something that surpasses comfort in this world. You've given us peace. And a peace that can rest in the midst of turmoil, in the, in the face of even persecution itself. You've called us to be witnesses for you. And Lord, wherever that witness takes us to our families, to our friends, to our workplaces, into the public square, into the world, Lord, to proclaim victory in Christ. Not in brutality, not in, 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 in retaliation, but rather, Lord, with truth and love, you've called us to be your people. And that victory is ours today and for eternity. We give you thanks for the victory that you've given in Jesus' name by calling in Christ. Lord, in your mercy we pray, now and always.